morning and welcome to the Daily Ding. Happy Wednesday, everybody. We've got your Game 1 NBA Finals action all covered. I'm Dave DeFore. That's Mo DeKeel. Mo, we have finally made it. Game 1 of the 2021 NBA Finals now in the books. And the Phoenix Suns maintain home court advantage through one game, 118 to 105. They win this one. And Mo, I got to say, this was an impressive win from the Suns. They were solid. I mean, they were great coming out of the gates. You know, I thought um, pretty aggressive in everything they did. I think they did a good job defensively kind of handling everything the, the Bucks were trying to throw at them. It was really just kind of handling the Bucks' size because it really felt like the Bucks wanted to go big against them. At times had Portis and Lopez on the court at the same time. And man, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, and Devin Booker all showed up tonight and were just phenomenal for the for the Suns the whole night. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I want to start with, with the Bucks because we weren't sure how to kind of handicap this series coming in. Giannis obviously had that kind of brutal-looking injury to his knee and that Hawks series didn't play the rest of that series. But right before the game was cleared to play, and Mo, look, if you look at the box score – 20 points, 17 rebounds, four assists, couple of steals, um, you know, seven of 12 from the free throw line. You probably look at those numbers and you say, hey, we take this. Uh, the offense wasn't the problem to me tonight for Giannis, but the defensive end is really where I thought that knee showed up. Yeah, and that's that's where injuries tend to show the most is on that. And I didn't feel like, he, I mean, he got to the free throw line a ton, you know, 12 times, but I also didn't feel like, he was as aggressive as we're normally used to him on offense, only 11 shots uh, on that end. Defensively, he struggled. I mean, the whole team struggled. And we're going to get into that in a minute. But, like, it was just an issue for for them. And, and that's your top guy, you know. And when you bring him in at the last second, I think it changes everybody's expectations for the Bucs. And, and, man, like, I'm shocked he played. I didn't expect him to. I was a little bit surprised by that. But – you know, it, it didn't look as bad. It didn't look like Trey Young when he was running around and we were like, wow, Trey really can't move. But there, there are definitely signs of Giannis isn't right. Yeah, he wasn't able to put as much pressure on the rim. And I think with Giannis, I mean, poor free throw shooters in general, especially guys like Giannis who can attack the basket. I think those free throw numbers are a little bit of fool's gold because even when he's not being aggressive, he's going to get sent to the line because anytime he's touching the ball in the paint, I mean, you know, even late in this game when the Bucks were making a run, Cam Johnson's just going to wrap him up. He's going to try to put him on the line. They're not going to let him get those shots up. So, you know, I, I think that he's a hard guy to kind of box score read. But guys that aren't, Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday, I mean, look, 40 combined shots. They were 16 to 40 overall combined for 39 points. And, you know, Middleton... Uh, had a good third quarter. He really turned it on kind of late in this game. Second half was good. Um, Drew stunk for the whole game, but they were out of this, I thought, before halftime because those two guys just had nothing going. They didn't have anything going, and they and and you really need that if you're the Bucks. You know, they made a nice little run though towards the beginning of the fourth quarter and so on. But then you know, again, eventually the Suns just kept going and and, and continued to cook. In that sense, in fact, you know, the Bucks outscored the Suns 29 to 26 in that quarter. It's going to be a big difference, you know, and something that they can kind of build on going forward into this series. But they got, I mean, if Holiday goes four for 14 for most of this series, man, they ain't winning. Yeah. Well, I mean, you mentioned Giannis kind of being a late addition. 
and potentially messing things up for guys. I mean, we saw what Drew Holiday did in that Hawks series without Giannis out there. He was a lot more aggressive, looked more confident. And in this game, he just looked tentative. I mean, he, he blew some bunnies, threw some really bad passes. Uh, one that stands out is an interior pass to Brooke Lopez. And then he wound up getting the ball back, and, and then he turns the ball over again. It, it was just like just a theme of the night for him. He just didn't seem to be fully there. And I wonder if the the late addition to Giannis and the way that changes his role on offense kind of threw him off. It does. I mean, there's no way you can deny that. It would just even just on the spacing aspect, it's going to mess you up a little bit. The driving lanes you have aren't as wide or as big when you have when Giannis is on the court versus when he's off. And that's not to say, hey, the Bucks shouldn't play Giannis. Um, you know, I, I just think they got to find that rhythm and that flow again that they have when they are when the team is humming. They're they're pretty solid. I just didn't think you're right. It's a good way to call it with him just being timid you know, to, to start this game. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City, with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful designed objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son, Evan, continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. Okay, so the Suns win this game big, and we briefly mentioned Chris Paul and the game that he had. 32 points, 4 of 7 from 3, 9 assists. It, this was a clinic, and I thought it was a clinic in controlling pace. Uh, it just seemed like he knew when to get into their pick and roll stuff and he knew when to match up hunt. And that's kind of what you want to see from your veteran point guard in the finals, right? Yeah. I mean, look, this was Chris's going like, Hey, I'm not losing this. Chris knows what's on the line for him. And he came out, I mean, off of 19 shots, 32 points is pretty impressive. You know, the, the nine assists is big. The bigger number is just two turnovers. You know, I thought he just played a, a, a perfect game in the sense of the way he managed everything and said, cool, you're going to switch. I got you for that. You're in drop. I got something for that. And just finding guys throughout things, you know, on that run that the Bucks made in the fourth quarter, you know, he kills it by blowing by holiday forcing Middleton to rotate and finding a uh, booker for the above the break three. You know, I think that kind of those plays from Chris just are, are, are big time plays that we always knew Chris could do, but now he's doing it at, on the highest level. Yeah. And it, you know, he made some on the defensive end as well. They were, they were looking for that mismatch with Middleton on Chris Paul and Chris Paul just reaches in and he does what he does. And it reminded me of, of the series when he was guarding Kevin Durant. Do you remember this? And it was just yeah. such a huge disadvantage, but you know, Chris Paul, there's a reason why Chris Paul is who he is. They don't call him the point God for nothing. And he gets that great rip and it, and it really, I thought blew up the bucks a little bit going after a guy Who's just that experience? Just, you know, it's always fool's gold to me. Um, but DeAndre Ayton, 22 points, 19. 
15 rebounds, Mo. Six of six from the line. When you get a big that can produce like this and, and is running the floor the way he does, played 39 minutes in this game too, by the way. Uh, it just seems like you've, you've figured out the hardest thing to figure out. Like solid play from a center in 2021 just seems so hard to get. And the Suns get it for 39, 40 minutes a night. It's great because you pairing him with Chris Paul, with Devin Booker in the pick and rolls and things like that, he's going to feast. And the big thing of his 19 rebounds is 17 of them were defensive. Like he just owned that end of the glass. You know, when you when you look at it, it kind of just helps. Like that was a big part for the Bucks was their offensive rebounding in the Atlanta series. Now, you know, you have Aiton here who's literally gobbling up any rebound that's in his vicinity. It's huge, man. And I think, you know, I've always loved his running to the floor. I love when he dives, even when he's not involved in the pick and roll. When his man goes to help, he's going to dive right to the basket. He got a dunk early in the game off, off of that with Bridges passing to him. You know, it's it's all just the smart stuff that he does. This was a big game, and 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 one where you look at it going like, all right, man, Aiden's pretty damn solid. All right, now Devin Booker, 27 points. He was 10 of 10 from the line. Now, not a great shooting night from him, and he's been struggling since he – you know, suffered the broken nose against the Clippers. Um, but I think that the pressure he was putting on the Bucks made things easier for everyone else. Yeah, I mean, no, it, it opens things up in that sense. You know, it, it, it continues to attack and, and the way he goes at guys, you know, and, and getting the switches and attacking those switches were all just opportunities, force and helps. Like CP got a three in the corner because he attacked it a Bobby Portis switch that forced holiday to help off the strong side corner. And it was a kick out three, like all just big time plays. Like he, again, he didn't shoot it all that well, but he was in it and you felt him. And you know what, if you didn't look at the stats, you probably would have felt like he shot it better than he did. Yeah, absolutely. Those free throws really helped too. Cause you saw the ball go yeah. through the net, you know, quite a bit. Um, I guess uh, thinking ahead to game two, uh, you know, is, is there any big adjustment for the bucks that, that you see they, they need to make in game two to try to win it? I mean, we, well, we're, we got to talk about their pick and roll defense. You know, they start the game with switching, which I just thought was, I mean, you want to talk about fool's gold, Dave, that's what it was. They, they did a good job late in that series in Atlanta, switching on the, Kevin Herter on a Bogdanovich who has a bum knee in game six. It was Trey young with a, a hurt ankle. And, and they thought like, okay, maybe we can give it a go in this series and not so much, man. It, it got to be a lot difficult in that sense of Chris Paul started going at Brooke Lopez. And it wasn't even like Brooke Lopez's defense was bad or anything. Just you, you couldn't feel him. CP did not feel him at all. And that's part of it because Lopez doesn't want to get driven on. And he's given up mid-range shots, which is something CP loves and feasts on. Then you had Bobby Portis switching on to guys like Booker and CP. Just It was just a bad idea. And then they'd go back to drop. But at this point now, you're dropping way too far back. You know, I thought Brooke wasn't very high in his drop coverages. And that opened up more mid-range opportunities. They stayed with the switch with Bobby Portis. Didn't, didn't work out all that well. The thing that was ironic, Dave, when they went small in the fourth quarter with Giannis at the five, you started to see the guards fight over screens for a while. And I'm like, you, oh, so you can do this. You can actually not switch something, you know? And then, of course, they reverted back to switching and allowed Devin Booker and CP to hunt Bryn Forbes. You know, it, it, my thing is they were just a willing participant in the Suns' offense today 
and just making it easy for them, giving up switches lazily and all of that, all of that has to be corrected in, in game two. And you got to play with force defensively in game two. Now, if you're the Suns, what do you do to, to take game two? I mean, you know, what are you getting prepared for from the Bucks? I think one thing I would look at if I were the Suns that I'd probably I'd want to do a little bit better on is the runouts. You know, early on they were able the Bucks were able to get a couple of runouts with Brooke Lopez in deep post position on a crowder. And I think late in the game they got one with Middleton running out that ended up being a print four story. You know, I think that's probably a couple of things. There's always stuff you want to work on and get better. Gave up 17 transition points. You know, you're you, you want to try to to handle that a little bit more. But in general, if you're the if you're the Suns too, just stay the course. Just stay yourselves. You'll figure everything out as you go through. It's 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 nothing like that. You don't need to try to reinvent the wheel here. Well, that's going to do it for today's show, folks. Don't forget about all the other pods we've got at The Athletic. If you haven't already subscribed, go to theathletic.com slash daily ding and do it now. Thank you guys for waking up with us. Mo, do your thing. Ding, ding.